Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Um, and this morning, we are joined by the 2020 Teacher of the Year and State Superintendent Candidate, Dina Nelson. Uh, good morning, Ellen. Good morning, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me today. I was going to say, are- Gina's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and we say Gina, because I know sometimes people say Jenna, and we, Gina Nelson. So. All right, it's Gina. <laughs> I tell so- all my friends, visualize G-I-N-A. That's what I do. And then one time I was going to text Gina and I typed in G-I-N-A and I'm like, why is it not coming up? <laughs> well, Gina, tell us just a little bit about yourself. So um, thank you. I, so I have been an educator for 17 years. Um, as you said before, I was the 2020 Oklahoma Teacher of the Year. Last year, I was the recipient of the Award for Teaching Excellence, and so very proud of that. Um, I have also, in addition to that, served on committees at the state and the national level that deal with career readiness, um, mental health issues in children, trauma-informed practices, career readiness. I also deal with uh, food insecurities in children and also teacher retention. And I've also owned my own small business uh, and I have worked in the corporate world as well. And so, you know, I I have just a a variety of things that have led me to this moment to be with all of you today. Yeah, Gina, tell us a little bit. I, I, I I love your why. I love your story. Why you pursued education as a a field of study and workforce and passion and career. Tell, tell, I want our listeners to know that. Sure. So, um, so my story goes back to growing up in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and I came from um, a home that was filled with trauma and abuse, mental health issues, fear, and the only place that I really felt safe was in public school. And early on, I had been labeled as one of those kids. And that was actually the words that I heard someone describe me. And it, it really took a toll on me. And I really thought, well, that's exactly what I'm going to be. I'm going to be one of those kids. And for years, I was told that I would amount to nothing, I, that I would be you know, pregnant or on drugs by the time I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. like the rest of my family. And so I fast forward to high school. And there was a moment where I'm off storming down a hallway to make a very bad choice. <laughs> what, what, I, 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 tell us, what was that choice? What were you going to do? I was going to go and fight. Okay. Oh, you were, was it like a girl, a girl fight? You were going for a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, uh, you know, hey. just very bad choice. I'm not, this is not one of my proudest moments in life. Um, and I'm headed down this hallway and my teacher, Mr. Stephen Smallwood, steps out in the hallway and he sees it. And just like every good teacher, when he sees a kid about to make a bad choice, he doesn't know what it was going to do, but he could tell. He did a simple redirection and he said, you need to take all of that anger and that passion and put it into my drama class. And so that's what I did. And so he um, all of a sudden, you know, started 
transforming all this trauma and, and focusing it into acting into you know a healing process where you know on the weekends I'm going all over Oklahoma and I'm doing competitions and seeing places I've never seen before and I had someone who believed in me who mm -hmm. moved me from a pathway of trauma to a pathway of hope mm -hmm. and because of him I became the first in my family to graduate and go to college just because he put that that interest in me that that you know that that complete and total you know sense of purpose in me and the same year that i left to go to college he became the oklahoma teacher of the year yeah. um and so you know i talk a lot about how public education saves lives and i and i don't say it as a catchphrase i say it because i have lived it i have seen it and so even after college when i didn't you know first go into teaching teaching dragged me in as I started working with kids in the inner city and doing teaching lessons about acting. And then I realized I've got to go back. I've got to go and, and take the classes and, 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 and I've got to do the workshops because I want to fulfill my mentor's legacy of giving back what was given to me, a chance at something better. And that happens through public education. That is beautiful. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. It just full circle. And also just to have that teacher of the year to teacher of the year. That's unbelievable. So, yes. and he's still, I mean, very much <laughs> part of my story. You know, this past weekend, we, we were at the OSU homecoming parade and there's my teacher, you know, leaning out of the back of a truck saying, you know, elect a teacher. And, and it just, you know, it brings tears to my eyes every time I think about it because he's still supporting me. He's still elevating me and cheering me on all of these years, even after all of the chaos and trouble I probably caused him in right here. <laughs> Um, so tell us why you decided to run for state superintendent. Oh my goodness. So last January, I was sitting at my desk at home and I was writing the 30th, 30th recommendation letter for a teacher who wanted to leave the profession. Um, and this person was highly decorated, very celebrated, and it was just breaking my heart. And then at the same time, I had my phone open, just, you know, listening to what was on probably Twitter or something. And I started hearing just this horrible negativity about teachers and the name calling of teachers. And I, I don't know, just something kind of snapped. And I realized I've, I've got to do something. You know, I've, I've had this year uh, um, and had this platform as, as the teacher of the year. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking out on behalf of our profession and fighting every single day and advocating for those that I love and believe in. And th there's a real possibility that public education um, could end, you know, no hyperbole, but it could end in Oklahoma. And so I started reaching out to educators who became legislators to find out what the process was to start running for office. And, um, and that's, uh, that's why I'm here today is it's not for myself. <laughs> and it's, it's really not to, you know, some kind of, you know, elevation in my status. It is because I truly love what we do. I truly love the people who teach our children. I truly love the profession and it's worth fighting for. And you know, that's another lesson that Mr. Smallwood taught us in school. He said that if others cannot find their voices, it is your job to speak up for them and be their voice when they can't speak up for themselves. 
And I've seen in our profession lately that we have been kicked around, we've been bullied. And so it's time for someone to stand up and use their voice uh, and, and take the hits and take the negativity and take the nastiness and to tell the truth about what we are truly doing. Yeah. So you've, you've put your name on the ballot. You're running for state superintendent. What are your, I say three, they don't have to be three, but what are your top priorities that you would like to see accomplished? Absolutely. So the first thing is teacher flight. We don't have a shortage mm. of teachers. We have over 30,000 that have a certificate right now that don't want to come back to the classroom. And of course, you know, we have a variety of reasons for that. And I feel like we need to have one of our own leading the state department to have that voice that have someone who understands what they're going through, who understands curriculum, who understands uh, advocating for the profession and all the intricacies that come with teaching. Um, the second thing is that we've got to focus on mental health. We had mm. the highest A scores before the pandemic and we know that we have more behavior issues uh, and more kids in trauma now post pandemic. And then we have to couple that with the post-secondary trauma that our educators are also yes. facing right now because they are suffering. And we've got to make sure that we have someone who not only understands that, but also wants to, uh, to bring the help and the supports that are needed to our students and our educators. And last but not least, I want to make sure that those public dollars stay in our public schools. Mm. Uh, we do not need vouchers, uh, tax credits, scholars, whatever they want to call it. Uh, and we also do not need someone who is going to refuse federal funds for our schools. That is our money. That is our money paid in by Oklahomans. And we do not need to send it off to New York City or somewhere else that, you know, is going to take our tax dollars and invest it in their kids. We need it for our kids. Yeah. Well, Gina, you, you have a crazy busy schedule and, <laughs> and. And uh, we're recording this on Monday morning. We typically record on Friday, um, but you we needed to get you slotted in where we could. And, and we we're so thankful that you were able to find, to carve out some time for us. But you've got, uh, it's Monday, tomorrow's Tuesday. You've got first time that you and your opponent are going to be debating. What are, what are you expecting to find? What, what do you think will happen? Well, um, I'm excited, first of all, like you said, it'll be the, the first time we've been able to be in, in a room together and uh, to be able to exchange um, the ideas that both of us have and, uh, you know, to show people the, the very stark contrast, I think, between the two of us. Um, I think, honestly, I, I know what to expect from him, uh, but I, I'm hoping that people get a chance to to hear a little bit of common sense come out of me. Um, and also just to see that there is someone who actually understands what the job entails uh, and understands educators and wants to elevate and celebrate the profession. And I hope that that resonates with audiences who, you know, even though maybe they haven't gotten a chance to meet me, that they can see that my heart is for education and education for every single person. And, you know, bringing our families and our communities back to public education. I mean, that's why we need to bring the public back to public education and just kind of seeing someone who wants to bridge those gaps between, um, you know, all of our families and urban schools and rural schools and, and suburban schools and bring us together and move us forward mm -hmm. uh, and not tear down the profession. 
When you are going out across the state, listening to stakeholders, what are, what are they telling you? What resonates with you of concerns or hopes for the future? Sure. So when I talk to, um, when I talk to families, they are really scared. They're scared about vouchers. That's their big thing. They, they don't want to see vouchers and come into their communities. They don't want to see their schools closed because they understand that if the school closes, that their businesses are going to leave and they're going to have to move and they don't want to do that. And that's especially going to be very hurtful to our, our families in our rural areas. Um, and then when I talk to students, you know, because I think it's very important to find out what do you need? And, you know, I'm not, obviously I'm not campaigning with them. I just ask them questions like, you know, what would you like to see in your education? And they want to see, you know, of course, very simple things like they want to see their school lunches improve because a lot of them, that's the place where they eat and they get the majority of their meals. Um, they want to, they want to have more hands-on programs and, and, and they want to, and they want to learn more things that deal with um, the arts and STEM and diesel mechanics and electric, you know, cars. And, you know, they're really forward thinking. They, they want to learn more about technology uh, and they want to have those more life skills embedded into their curriculum. Uh, and, and that's amazing to hear. They know exactly what they want. And some of us, you know, who have been in the education world forever go, well, yeah, that, we, we completely get that. And we want to do that too. That, I mean, imagine getting back to the art of teaching and loving what we do and inspiring and, and, and fostering that sense of creativity. And of course, from educators right now, they're just scared. They're scared. Um, they're, they're hurting. And they've got a very, you know, close, they're watching this race very closely. And um, there are a lot of them that are talking about decisions that they're having to make for their families right now. Um, and so that is, a, that all three of these things are great motivators for me to get up in the morning to do all these events, you know, sometimes seven a day, three different cities, four different cities, because, you know, we're worth it. Oklahomans are worth it. You know, I know that a lot of times people write us off, but for me, it's, it's personal. I mean, I told you my life story. I've told you, you know, all the things that I'm passionate about. And for me, there are so many more stories out there that need to be told and people who need to be represented and people that need to be listened to. And so that's why it's so important for me to get out there and, and do this. Yeah. Do you, think your experience as being a teacher of the year at the state department helped you understand this, the role of the state department in state government? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, you, you spend that time, you get to know people, uh, you see what their jobs are. Then of course, um, as a state teacher of the year, one of the things that people don't realize is that you are working with the top education agencies uh, in the nation. And, and along with the National Teacher of the Year program, and we're talking with, we're sitting down and talking with members of Congress about education issues. We're sitting down and talking to Secretary Cardona about education issues. We are in rooms that a lot of people in Oklahoma, even, even some of our superintendents are not in and having these, um, you know, really hard and difficult conversations. Um, and then of course, you know, I'm talking a lot with our own legislature. Um, as well about what's going on in, in our state and how we can think about moving forward. You're talking with people who 
deal with curriculum across the nation and what works, what doesn't work, and how we could, you know, pick and choose and, and make things work within our own state that fits our values, that fits our standards, and even talk about maybe even revamping some of our standards to fit what our kids need as well. So I think that, you know, being state teacher of the year, um, you know, really provided me a, a, a opportunities and it opened a lot of doors for me that a lot of people uh, have not had the opportunity to walk through. Yeah. So you said a minute ago, you said what uh, gets you up in the morning, gets you going. I'm going to ask you another question. Sure. What keeps you awake at night? Uh, the stories, the stories that when I hear just how much educators are suffering right now, because I get it, I get it, you know, um, we all have our stories to tell and I know how hard they're working. And I know, you know, it, it's kind of like when you, you wanna, you wanna stay in a relationship because you love somebody so much, but you know, you're being treated so poorly and yeah. yet you're just hanging on for dear life and you're just hoping things get better. And that's what I hear from so many of them that, they they just need this relationship to get better uh, so that they can continue, you know, serving the children because all of our, our teachers have servants hearts. And, um, you know, we, we need to make sure that even with their big servants hearts that they are paid like professionals, that they have respect when they walk in those doors, that, that they're not name called in, in, in you know, on television or in, in, on social media or in their communities because they are doing so much with so little every single day. And we're not the kind of people who get out and brag about what we do every single day. We're not the best at PR, if you would. Yeah. <laughs> but I see it and it hurts. It hurts when I, when I see people say, you know, I love it, but it doesn't love me back anymore. Mm. And that keeps me up at night. Um, and just worried about them because I understand without them are so many of our kids are going to suffer and kids who were just like me are going to suffer because they don't have, you know, a Mr. Smallwood that's in their classroom anymore. You just wow. pulled at every one of my artistry. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, I love it. I love it. That's that's who we are. And, and Gina, I know both you and your husband are educators. You you know you are in you were in it to to do better and yeah. to help help everyone do better. Uh, we are, you know, and and he's in higher education, and so he obviously, you know, our dinner table is full of lots of conversations about the issues with higher education, the mm. issues with, you know, K through 12. And then of course I've got nieces in, in, or nieces that are in rural schools. And then I've got my nephews who are in career tech. And so, uh. you know, there, I've got a lot of skin in this game. Um, mm. There are a lot of people, you know, of course, within my immediate family, my, my youngest is still in public school. My oldest just started college. And so we, we love education and my my husband you know his his mother was a librarian and and so he he's he just talks about the love that he had for his mother and her love of of books and knowledge and you know we we talk about all of the important things the historical importance of course of growing up here in Oklahoma I talked to him and then he tells me his stories about his dad who was a pastor who 
who marched with Dr. King at Selma and in Washington. And so we, we see a bigger picture in the importance of education and how education has transformed both of us um, and led us to where we are right now. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. I know the days are short um, and you have lots going on. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with us. Absolutely. And anytime, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. Well, let's take some time and catch up with Catherine. Uh, Ellen, whew, busy weeks we've been through. You know, we've, we've been able to see uh, two debates the governor's debate candidates, uh, the debate for state superintendent of public instruction, that debate. Um, and I, I hope I hope people in Oklahoma are seeing the stark difference between the, the two candidates and it's in both races, just stark difference between two candidates. And, you know, when I was driving to work today, I thought about, you know, our Oklahoma Constitution. It's it says. I'm not going to repeat it verbatim because I don't know it exactly, but it's the, the gist of it is that we will provide a public school system, fund a public school system for the students of Oklahoma. Our constitution doesn't say we will provide and fund a, fund a private school system for the students of Oklahoma. It is our democracy is founded on our public school system that every student, no matter who they are, their ethnicity, their gender, how small or tall they are, they have the right to attend a public school that is funded, that is to prepare them to be uh, Oklahomans and go into the workforce and to be an inner, a diverse and interdependent world. That's what this is about. And so when we look at the two of the top state elected officials for our schools, it, it's one way or the other. Do we want to uh, ch uh, champion for our public schools or not? It's just so starkly divided. Yeah. And I think... This is the time where we have the hard conversations or maybe even easy conversations yeah. with family members, with friends about the importance of this election and why their vote matters. Mm -hmm. And we go the extra step to tell the story of the candidates so that they understand there are real impacts and there are real, you know, I can't think of the word right now, but just challenges. Yeah. or success, you know, opportunities for us as a state based on our votes this yeah. election. It, it is, it is an election and, and I've said it a hundred times, walkouts don't matter. Advocacy doesn't matter. Nothing matters unless you vote, unless you vote. That is the most important thing you can do is vote and, and vote for the candidates that are going to put you on a path to be successful. You know, it's because you want, you want, 
what if we just have things that are going to be successful? What, what not challenging and frustrating. And so, like I say, we want to have nice things every once in a while, but I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, we have our, I love our aspiring educators, our, our students that are at the university level going through the College of Education. They're, they're having their fall conference tomorrow. And Vice President Carrie Elledge and I will be like, we're going to be like going back and forth tomorrow. We're going to, because we have two things going on tomorrow. We have our aspiring ed fall conference, and then we have our uh, annual uh, education support professional conference tomorrow. And so two conferences that are designed specifically for our aspiring educators and then for our ESPs. And so we're going to be like traveling Broadway extension, going back and forth between uh, OEA and UCO to um, be a part and be with them um, for their conference. So, and then uh, not this weekend, right? We don't change time this weekend. Do we change oh, time? I don't this ever want to, I never want to talk about time change. I Catherine. think it may be next weekend, but <laughs> it's, it's Halloween. Monday's Halloween. <laughs> Monday is Halloween. Get your spook on, get the kids, get to get all. Oh, that is something I loved with 100% in my heart, uh, being a, a teacher and Halloween fell on a Monday. Nothing better. <laughs> Nothing better than a uh, Monday feel, Halloween. There has to be sarcasm in this voice. As a parent, I'm not the happy whole, that Mon Halloween's the, on Monday. <laughs> the whole week, the whole week, it was like, can we eat some of our candy? <laughs> like, we had to make a rule. Leave candy at home. <laughs> candy stays home. Don't bring it. Don't bring it in your lunch. Don't. Don't. Just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that was full of sarcasm. That's <laughs> all. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. We were so happy and thrilled to have um, Teacher of the Year and State Superintendent candidate Gina Nelson joining us. And we are appreciative to our listeners of Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcasts at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education. <laughs>